Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Niche Podcast about the one thing I know something about game shows, I suppose. I'm your host, Jordan Haas. So first things first, uh, Hip Hop Squares. Uh, It premieres tonight, so be sure to watch that on VH1. I think they're wrapping up or getting started Nashville Squares for CMT, so that might be a bit of interesting fun, Uh, but... As as it always is the case, I think it's time for some news. Hollywood Reporter is reporting Fox snags dance and dating unscripted show Flirty Dancing. Uh, Fox bolstering its unscripted roster of a show that combines two established reality genres, dancing and dating. The network has given a green light to Flirty Dancing, in which single people each learn half of a choreographed dance routine, then meet their partner for the first time while performing the full number. They don't speak during the dance and decide if they want a second date based only on their performance together. The show is based on the UK format. Well, no, no shit. Uh, Flirty Dancing, hosted by choreographer Ashley Banjo, premiered on Channel 4 in January and has been renewed for a second run. Um, Rob Wade, who's Fox's president of alternate entertainment, is a former Dancing with the Stars executive producer and a fan of the genre. Uh, the only difference, because uh, they have a report, uh, pilot in January, uh, one participant will dance with two different partners and then pick which one they like to get to know better. The chosen person can then decide to reciprocate or not. A host for the Fox version is yet to be named, nor does the show have an air date. Uh, it's from Second Star which produces the original format in all three media America. Second stars Deborah Sargent, executive producers with the Objective Media Group. Uh, well, that's, that's interesting, because according to this, there's still the Masked Singer, so you think he dance, Hell's Kitchen, MasterChef, MasterChef Junior, 24 Hours to Hell and Back, First Responders Live, Beat Shazam, Spin the Wheel, and Mental Samurai, but more on those in just a bit. Because Masked Singer Season 2 has a few changes according to goldderby.com there is a season two coming soon september 25th at 8 7 central on fox with a few new characters such as skeleton flamingo leopard and egg uh because of the season two changes basically there's not a lot of changes by the sounds of things it looks like the season two quote-unquote changes that people are now familiar with the format, which, yeah, of course, now that people have known what the mass Singer, the show, is in America, well, season two is right around the corner, so now everyone can get a guess of who the who's behind the mask. Um, international news. Digital spy Ryan Clark Neal promises supermarket sweep will have a tribute to Dale Winton. Uh, so, so in an interview with Rio Times... Ryan Clark Neal promised that there'll be a nod to Dale somewhere in the program. Uh, 
It's one of the big things when I agreed to do a job that I wanted to have a nod to Dale somewhere in the supermarket, which we've managed. Uh, that's what I'm going to say, but it's the one thing I really wanted. So I don't know. Uh, this They're trying to say it's going to be an inflatable prize, but, you know, it, it could just be like, here's a framed photo of Dale, and it's going to say, like, he's the owner or the manager, or it's going to be like a little statuette of him or something. But it, it's it's going to be a 21st century take of Supermarket Sweep. Uh, I don't want to lose the original Supermarket Sweep, but obviously it's 2019, so it needs to be updated. Uh, before teasing, there's a self-checkout machine now. Uh, there'll be old games, new games, but ultimately the format will still follow playing the game, building your clock, doing the sweep, and then the Super Sweep at the end. Well, okay then. And finally, the big news of the day, anyone who's following television... Uh, CBS and Viacom reach a merger deal, ending years of discussions. So CBS and Viacom agreed to merge. The merger highlights a long effort to unite CBS and Viacom as the media companies seek to compete with Disney and Netflix. Bob Backish will run the combined company, which will be named Viacom CBS. Uh, Viacom recently acquired Garfield. So congratulations, CBS. You now own Garfield. Uh, so, so that means... Uh, lots of weird changes. A merger will add movie studio Paramount Pictures, Comedy Central, MTV, Nickel, and BET. Assets including Pluto Television, I guess South Park Studios because people like South Park, to CBS, which owns the broadcast network Showtime in our assets as well. AdScale will help CBS Viacom compete with Netflix, Amazon, and other legacy media companies. Viacom CBS spent more than $13 billion in the past 12 months, the company said in a statement. So, yay, I guess. Problem is, and I have to keep bringing this up, mergers are never a good thing when it comes to companies because whenever you hear the term merger, immediately what comes afterwards is a layoff, which means I would not be surprised if a lot of shows get scrapped or canceled or we're going to see a lot of uh, unemployment real soon. Uh, I don't know if this means that CBS Interactive is gone. I'm a big fan of Giant Bomb, so... Uh, this is going to be weird, <laughs> knowing some people are going to go back to Viacom. Uh, this this is interesting. Uh, I, I guess we should p pretend we're Disney. Oh boy, that means Nickelodeon is going to be here so SpongeBob and Young Sheldon can hang out together. Uh, oh boy, uh, Bob Bob Barker and Drew Carey are Power Rangers now. I, I don't... I don't know what the fuck I'm saying, uh, <laughs> but I I it, I feel like I'm it's just I feel like I'm I'm rehashing the early '90s again, and I don't know if I'm on board with this, but time will tell. Uh, we can only guess what this means for digital streaming. Maybe this means, but because CBS All Access and Showtime Anytime exist, that maybe Nickelodeon. And, and MTV and VH1, a lot of their back catalog might end up on the Pluto universe or uh, on a streaming provider created by CBS. Maybe CBS All Access will include some sort of cable subscription services as well. I don't know, but it's, it's going to be interesting. Uh, but what do I know?
Well, good news and bad news. Um, it looks like a lot of us uh, are about to go back to college, go back to school, and our summer vacation ha- has come to an end, unfortunately. It's really sad, a very depressing kind of time, because you just are wandering, and you just don't want it to end, but it just happens. Um, but, you know... When it's the summer, you think paradise, you think vacations, you think holidays, you think beaches, and you know that it's kind of a good way to, I guess, end our summer run here of game shows, I suppose, because uh, you know, dating shows are all over the place. It's cheap television, very, very cheap television. The reason is because it's just people talking. It's easy for producers to edit and create storylines, and not only that. But most of the time, it creates a love story based on just a few interviews and a few hours of footage. However, some of these dating shows are not game shows unless there is some sort of game mechanic of some kind. Uh, and there's actually some standards and practices to be to be used. Otherwise, they don't count, um, which is, is, is kind of brings us to Paradise Hotel, which is tonight's episode. Uh, Paradise Hotel uh, returned to Fox recently, and you might end up being a blur. You might get it confused with a few other shows. Uh, Paradise Hotel aired a few months back on Fox uh, as a revival of a mid-2000 show. Uh, I guess the idea is supposed to be so you get confused with now-current CBS show Love Island and current ABC show Bachelor in Paradise. A lot of these shows have very few things in common, such as it's about a guy and a girl trying to get together and find love on a resort, and then uh, there's some sort of gameplay to be made so that they could either have some sort of date or exclusive suite or some sort of mechanic that saves them from the week. Because then at the end of it, there's some sort of challenge or contest where if they don't find a partner or they don't shack up or there's some sort of eviction process like on big brother they're eliminated and and it continues until a few are left standing so bachelor in paradise has basically continued this trend because of well the bachelor series it's been a long time success for the abc network uh you have things like i love money which we've talked about with franklin that kind of reminds me of that now i think about it franklin kind of uh discuss that a bit because that was with the vh1 celeb reality dating shows uh i guess you can kind of see that too with mtv's are you the one because that is set in hawaii in another resort and basically what we're going to get with this episode is that paradise hotel i believe was brought back solely to try and and jump the gun before love island would hit on cbs uh, but we recorded this before Love Island aired on CBS and watching it now, we, we do have a review coming up. There's a lot of similarities, <laughs> let me tell you, but, uh, it's a load of fun. And I want to thank my friend Trevor for stopping by to talk about Paradise Hotel. Now let's check in and let's turn the tables. <laughs> With me on the line is good internet friend of mine, Mr. Trevor Drinkwater. 
Hello, Jordan. It's great to be here on game shows. I suppose uh, I, I've always admired and respected your work. Yeah, never said any mean things about it ever. Uh, ever felt any ill will towards Jordan Haas, my good friend. And that's why we're here. We're here to discuss, even though it's going to be this episode probably air after the finale and after like three other dating shows will come and go. We're talking about the the social experiment dating series called Paradise Hotel. Is that what you would call it, a social experiment? I guess it, def- it definitely is kind of an experiment. I have no idea what the hypothesis was. I don't know what the control was. It was and the results were terrifying, to be honest. So, uh, before we talk about the format, because I'm sure you can explain it probably better than even I could. <laughs> oh, uh, I can try. Uh, all you need to know is the original version of Paradise Hotel uh, was well over 15 years ago, uh, over in 2003. The creators of the show, are you ready? Is a man named Howard Davidson, who is just a music mm-hmm. composer from Britain. And the other one is a footballer named Phil Roberts, two British men. And the original version was not British. It was American. Okay. (laughs) They took it to be, they took it, basically their attempt was to make a big brother for dating. Because over in Britain, big brother was all the big thing. So what the twists and turns of big brother, but in the, in the world of finding love, they tried to push, they tried to push. A, a house-based competition where you evict somebody and then add somebody to the mix with a big brother vote for the best person and win money. Uh, of course... What, what if we created a version of Big Brother where the rules were designed to pressure the contestants into having sex with each other? That, that's... <laughs> That's pretty much, uh, that's like one justification. This is basically the the Onion television sketch called Sex House. It's just, what can we do to get people laid in a house on television, specifically Fox? This was a Fox production originally in 2003. Uh, yeah, it makes a lot of sense to hear that it's from 15 years ago because I remember seeing the ad for it and just being baffled because it looks like a joke that someone would have made making fun of reality shows in around 2003 when there were a bunch of shows. I remember Temptation Island. There were a bunch of shows like that. All right, let me get through. And I was, I'll try and tell oh, you I'm every sorry. dating show. <laughs> You're going to list them all? All right. I will, uh, off the top of my head. So you had Tendation Island, yes. You had Average Joe. Remember Average Joe? You had Joe Millionaire on Fox. You had I'm Joe Millionaire. Yeah, yes. Then you had Who Wants to Marry a Multimillionaire special. Remember that? Who wants to marry a multimillionaire? That's familiar. Then you had on NBC for Love or Money, where it was at the end the whoever was chosen by the Bachelor or Bachelorette had to make a decision. Keep the million dollars or 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 continue being married to this lady. Right. <laughs> then you had things like uh, The Bachelor Bachelorette. Uh, of course. Then you had their spinoffs. They were on like the 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 MTV kind of shows. You had your Next. You had your Meet My. F- well, no, Meet My Folks was NBC. But then you had Date My Mom. You had. Uh, Date My Mom. Then you had the the VH1 shows like I Love New York. <laughs> flavor of love yeah yeah and this is in its it's kind of weird to explain because 
They've tried this experiment numerous times. One that comes to mind to me was actually one that was similar called Forever Eden. In Forever Eden, they were also trying to get people into a house, and it was supposed to be this never-ending soap opera where you vote someone out and then you come back. Uh, and just to make it even funnier, uh, in the original version, seasons one and two, uh, you had two tickets to Paradise Betty Money as the theme song. <laughs> <laughs> So I have to bring this up. Eddie Money. And I mean that two tickets to paradise. Of course. And the one and when they decide by the way, this is the second attempt at a reboot. I should point this out. This is the second reboot. The second reboot, because after that one season on Fox, it got canceled. You would think they would have learned after the first mistake, but no. 2008 rolls on, and people who have listened to this episode already know as we talked about the Fox Rally channel in Solitary, which is a much better show. Um, they attempted to bring it back on the Fox Reality channel. Uh, and of course, what better time to air a show called Paradise Hotel, you know, island, uh, housing, sex, than in the middle of February when it's cold out. <laughs> it lasted right. 16 episodes. And it aired there and on my network TV. And after that second attempt at a reboot, once again, it got canceled. Now let's move on to 2019. CBS has got the news that they're picking up Love Island, a dating show that takes place on an island. What a novel concept. (laughs) Also, it is appeals because apparently it overtook Big Brother in the UK in terms of ratings in the uk so cbs is thinking well maybe we can bring this show over as the new summer series so now fox is trying to scramble here it's the summer well may and and they have to figure out what is the show for them to pick up now they could try their hands at a new dating experiment they could try their hands at i don't know bringing back one of their classic fox game shows or they're gonna try and reboot paradise hotel a third time Instead of having Amanda Byram as the host, as in the first two seasons, the original in the first reboot, this time we got Christian, what, what's her, like, Christian Av- Cavallari? Cavallari. Yeah. From, from Cavallari. La- from Laguna Beach. Oh. Yeah. Remember Laguna Beach on MTV? I, I vaguely remember Laguna Beach. It, so what if we got her to do... You couldn't get Heidi Montag, by the way. You couldn't get uh, oh, Spencer no. Pratt. Way, way too big. They're two big celebrities. You dude, have to get her. You're a dude hosting Paradise Island. That's That doesn't set the right tone. Uh, you want like a sexy lady host to give it that, you know, that sensual vibe. Who better it's the to Paradise host it? Hotel. Who better to host it than the star of Very Cavallari on E? Of course. Uh, so, so she and, and of course the hills if you're a fan of the hills that was there also she was the host of get this party started it was this short-lived reality show that was supposed to be like a surprise party uh show on upn it, it so so she has some fray in hosting now uh before we get into which is the better host and what's going on because i don't think you've ever seen season one or two of paradise hotel uh let's explain not. The, the rules of Paradise Hotel. Okay. Because the first season lasted 30. The second lasted 16. This only lasted six. <laughs> this was so short. 
like they they had like a 12 episode order and they decided we'll just put the two and two together and just have it be seven episodes and call it a day um, uh, i mean not knowing that it was a reboot of an existing show it honestly felt to me like they hadn't even thought of the rules and were just making it up as they go along because every week Kristen cavallari shows up and she's like oh this time We've got these three people, and the dudes are going to pick which dude the girls get, but then the next week she has some totally different thing, and then another week some guy's ex-girlfriend joins the cast. It's just madness. All right. Do you want me to tell you the original rules first, or do you want me to tell you about the modern rebooted rules first? Let's Give me the history. What are the original rules? So the original rules, it was supposed to be a live-to-tape reality show, where it's kind of like Big Brother. Every week, we're going to get the story of, of the couples. And it was supposed to be always, a, it was supposed to be like a rule of 13. And as you know, in the in Paradise, it almost plays like the movie The Lobster. If you don't have a suit, if you don't have a, a cabin mate, if you don't have have a partner, you are eliminated. So in the first like half of this, so in the first half of the show, it's just flirting and hooking up and trying to build a f- relationship with somebody so that you can at least stay in the game. Just right. one alliance. But then it gets worse because whoever's the last one standing is eliminated. In the original version. That one person that checks out gets replaced by a new person voted on by America. Uh-huh. And it's an in-studio thing. So it becomes somewhat like a dating game. Like, here's Michael and here's Trevor. And Michael's like, oh, I'm the sexy, I'm a sexy model. And I really am here to, to just flirt with all the cute ladies. And here's Trevor like, yeah, I'm such a bro, man. I don't, I'm here for fierce competition. I'll take anyone down. And then uh, that, that was me. And then and then the guys have to choose which of the two guys they have to will join along with them, along with the audience <laughs> to go into paradise. So then the Wait, next so the day guy- they're flown to the fucking hotel <laughs> and it and it plays in the same rules as Big Brother. They're not contestants. They're called, I believe, uh par- they're called uh roommates, I think. They're just called like like hotel guests. They're called guests. Yes. They're called hotel guests, not contestants. Uh, they're not they're not eliminated. They simply check out. Yeah. And the elimination ceremony is it's called, I believe, like <laughs> the the, the checkout the checkout check out. ceremony. <laughs> the checkout ceremony. <laughs> it's so cheesy, stu- And it's not like there's a bellhop. There's no like. It really, it's just like here's just a bunch of cameras and these people in like a very empty hotel. It's not even like a hotel. It's kind of like a house. Presumably there's some unseen service staff because someone's regularly supplying them with drinks and meals and stuff, but they they just edit around that. They don't really show you the, they the don't, people serving them. Someone has to have the condoms. Someone has to be the poor PA that has to deliver <laughs> the condoms. Uh, so eventually midway through the game, it becomes an elimination challenge. We're almost like The Bachelor. Uh, you get to vote someone out you don't like between two... Or there's a twist where it's, well, whoever gets eliminated, votes someone else out. Or it's a double elimination. You choose the guy you want out, but that guy chooses a girl to eliminate until it goes down to the final two teams. In the final two teams, all previous... <clears throat> I, have to, I have to cough because this is so stupid. <clears throat> guess. All the previous guess of the, of the hotel. All the hotel guess come back and vote 
for who they believe should win the quarter million dollar top prize of Paradise Hotel. And then there's one final twist because it has to be a game of twists. With the golden ball and the hopscotch thing? Was that in the original show? (laughs) That's this season. The original twist was the original twist was it was one guy, one girl, not and it doesn't have to be a couple. But if you both went like if the everyone picked the same guy girl, they each got a quarter million. Mm -hmm. But if it wasn't, then you have to split the money. So it was more like picking like a prom king and queen situation. All right. It's a prom king queen situation. And then season two it was you pick one person and then they get to choose how much to split among the other person. But instead of a quarter million, it was 200,000. And now we go into season threes, the, this season, the 2019 version, and their great big twist called, called Smash My Balls. <laughs> I don't know what the hell they're calling it. Golden Balls. Yeah, I when I got to that part, my like... I, I was I was already so taken aback by what I'd been seeing throughout the finale. So once I got to the part where they were doing the thing with the golden balls, I felt like I was in a fever dream. I was like, what show am I watching? I tried They're telling like, you, it's a game show. It's a money game show. <laughs> I understand that it's a game show, but this game element was basically introduced at the very end of this last episode. Oh no, that's suddenly. it. That's usually how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> and it was the weirdest concept. They the cup the winning couple slowly takes steps forward from uh, fifty thousand to a hundred thousand. I have the exact and... rules. I have the exact rules. Are you ready? Uh, okay. All right. I'll let you explain. This. Each of the each of the the winning couple of Paradise Hotel each gets a, a one paper mache golden ball, <laughs> and. They have a decision to make. They have to step forward. The first space is worth $25,000. After 60 seconds, if neither of them smashes the ball on the ground, they move forward to the next step at $50,000. This continues for another 60 seconds, where it goes to $75,000, concluding with $200,000, and after the $200,000, if neither of them smash the ball, they must step forward and hold the ball for a final 60 seconds for the quarter million dollars. <laughs> if one so of them smashes the ball at any time, the game ends, and they receive the prize announced, the other person of the couple wins nothing. So it's almost like a prisoner's dilemma, but not. Yeah. It's like a game of chicken. It's like sort of a trust exercise. Like if these cu- if this couple really loves each other, they'll walk all the way to the center and split the money. But one of them at any time can fuck the other one over by smashing the golden ball. So what we saw, spoiler this season, uh, we saw this lady who was a, basically a bit of a fuck up. <laughs> Let's not kid ourselves. Like, Wait, which one, man? They are all such. Everyone everyone the here on the show is, is such a mess. If everyone here is the kind of people you had in high school that you absolutely despised, these are the like the the socialites that were in high school and never uh, gave up on the, on their heyday of being like a prom queen or queen, like you said. Or yeah, they're, but they're all like they all sort of act confident, but also have deep insecurities, which they're very loud about. Like some of them more than others. They're like constantly complaining when things aren't going their way as if they don't understand that this is a game designed to fuck with their heads. It's re- really bizarre. 
And like all the guys are very good looking dudes with like six packs, chiseled muscles, facial features. All the ladies, well, some of the ladies, some had really bad plastic surgery, had like the big badonkadonks, the big, the big, the big, uh, the big wazoos as well. And it's also like they're also upset because they do not, they're single apparently. All these people are single. Well, sort of. Uh, with one of them, it was kind of up for debate, apparently, whether he was single or not. That became a controversy. Well, that was the uh, twist. The that was episode. the twist. That we was brought a big your twist. ex. <laughs> we brought your ex, and they were like recent. Yeah, yeah it, it's as if it's not bad enough the way they're fucking with these people's minds. It's like it's like some kind of Stanford prison experiment kind of shit <laughs> where you create this bizarre social dynamic that everybody falls into immediately and they start behaving in completely unnatural ways. And then to bring someone's real life ex-girlfriend into the mix, into this surreal situation, colliding worlds like that. I mean, that's got to be psychologically damaging for a person. It really is, and I feel bad for a lot of these contestants, not all of them, but definitely, like, most. Because most reality television shows are meant to be psychological torture chambers, where it's just supposed to play off your insecurities and play off your deepest regrets, so you can mm -hmm. basically have a meltdown, so that creates conflict, and that generates great, great television. Um, I just put that as, as great television as... That's the way it was for like 15 years. I think nowadays a lot of people see this and just go, this is kind of fucked up, actually. Yeah. Now that I think about yeah. it, like only one person wins, the rest fuck up. But that being said, in the spoiler of this episode, the guy, uh, Billy. Bobby Ray. Bobby Ray. Not to be confused with Bobby Flay. Uh, Bobby Ray. Bobby Ray, the most obnoxious person on the show by far. The most Never Boston guy, too. <laughs> complaining from the beginning about the show every time there was some twist that looked like it might be bad for him he would loudly complain to the whole group you know which you know what considering he was the he only won, one because he got the most jury votes i guess they were all won. in agreement because some people like sort of tried to strategize but they were really bad at it because they're they're dumb like there was that thing with bobby ray and what was bobby ray's partner's name Oh, it was. Uh, I forget her name. I, I I'll quickly go into it. Uh, the the, 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 the Paradise Hotel contestants. So I was gonna go into the finale of the episode, which is what I liked about Bobby Ray. Okay, yeah, that was a that was a shocking moment. Like looking back on it, Bobby Ray had quite an emotional arc leading up to this ultimate act of betrayal that I honestly didn't see coming. So I really. Yeah, in the season, she, the lady who, who was coupled with him betrayed him, not once but twice, to go with another oh, yeah. suitor. Think, and her thought was, well, I know he's already handsome and he's a nice person, so I don't have to really be with him. I can be with this person and win. Yeah, she, and towards the end, everyone was getting very confused because there was a period where it seemed like they thought they could strategize to this figure out how to win. Even though from episode to episode, they just keep adding more people as people get eliminated. And it's not always uh, clear how they're going to decide who the new people that come in are. So their attempts to strategize always just fall apart. Now and my favorite... Bobby Ray... <laughs> Bobby Ray and his partner, when that guy Jair first joined, uh, I remember his partner has this brilliant plan 
that she says she's going to pick Jair at the at the checkout ceremony. So she's going to go on this date with Jair and pretend to like oh. him and make out with him stuff all as a trick just to eliminate him. Her name and is Bobby, Tatum. Her name is Tatum Smith. Yeah, Tatum has this brilliant plan and she's like, look, team, so I'm going to pretend to like this guy. I'm going to pretend to make out with him and stuff. And then when he picks me at the checkout ceremony, I'll eliminate him. And Bobby Ray is so confused because he's like, wait, but why can't you just not do that and not pick him anyway? You know, like it's not, it's never clear how the plan actually helps Bobby Ray, but he's dumb enough to kind of be convinced to go along with it. But then the Kristen Cavallari shows up and randomly says, oh, this round, Jair, since he's new, he has immunity, so he can't check out. And then Bobby Ray is pissed. And he's like openly complaining. He's like, "God damn it! Oh, this messes up. This messes up all of our plans." And it's like, but the thing was, he it, they didn't have many African American contestants. They were kind of racist yeah. on this show. Oh, they're super racist. Uh, there were two uh, black woman contestants who both got eliminated immediately. Notably, in the first episode. One of the contestants was the daughter of Deion Sanders, the football player. And she she had this whole introduction. I think her name was Deandra, like spelled the same as her dad. She had this whole introduction about how she was Deion, Deion Sanders' uh, daughter and she was really fabulous and stuff. And, and, you know, and she was really game. She was ready to play. And then, Car- and then Carlos immediately eliminated her. They were coupled up together. And the other girl that didn't have a, a match was uh, picked. Uh, we didn't really explain how the checkout ceremonies work. That's a whole other fucking yeah, we, thing. We're kind of going backwards. We're talking about like the grand finale right now. Yeah. Which, by the way, <laughs> but, ended with, and this is my favorite part. It, they went to the, uh, Bobby Ray went to the $200,000 spot after the final 60 seconds. And she's just started counting down. 50, six seconds starts now. 59, 58. Suddenly he takes the ball and just smashes it on the ground like he's Mashes like spiking it. a football. <laughs> now, in most game shows, that's like, you know, like picking the, the foe over the friend. Like you just betrayed your 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 couple. You just played your partner. But this is the only time where I've seen that happen and everyone in the audience just goes, yeah, he did it. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah all, the, all the other former candidates were like cheering for him and hugging him while Tatum was walking away crying because she just got betrayed. He Bobby just got Ray. fucked over and everyone's cheering for Bobby. It's like, and it's like, why are all these people who lost so happy for this idiot who just won a bunch of money? Like, I don't understand why they're all I think cheering. I they got fucked over by Tatum. So it's kind of like a, yeah. All of a sudden at the end, everyone decided they hated Tatum because Tatum was waffling back and forth between Bobby Ray and Carlos and... Carlos was like the only remotely intelligent one on the show. I almost kind of wanted Carlos to win just because he seemed to be the only one who understood that the whole thing was fake and it was a game. (laughs) Everyone else kept talking about like, I'm trying to find a connection here. I'm trying to find love. And Carlos was just like straight up lying to people, like forming fake alliances, manipulating people and shit, like to the extent that he could. And it was like, I almost felt like this guy deserves to win because he's the only one who's acting like he's actually playing a game. But no, it didn't work out like that. 
the re- no, but the reason I had to bring up Deion Sanders' daughter, who was eliminated in the first episode, is she was notably absent in this finale when all the other former contestants returned. So I imagine she wasn't very happy about getting eliminated in the very first episode because she didn't want to come back and be on the jury or whatever. <laughs> That's actually probably makes the most sense here, actually. Yeah. And then there was a second uh, black female contestant who was chosen by America. The men did not choose her. They chose someone else. But then America gets to choose one. And she also got immediately eliminated. And and everybody, they all were acting like really sketchy and weird around this woman. And she was like getting upset at that one girl, Rosanna, that like people kept saying Rosanna was pulling all these strings. And um, and this black woman, I forget her name, out and like <laughs> ca- calling her out and shit. And everyone's like talking about like, oh, this girl's unstable. We need to get her out of here. And then they randomly convened a little vote where they got to eliminate one person for some reason. I think it was the guys that voted on it, and they immediately agreed on her. I think the only one that didn't want to vote her out was Carlos, who was trying to get rid of his partner desperately because she was driving him crazy. And he was trying to convince everyone else to vote out his partner. But all the other guys wanted to get rid of the new black woman contestant for some reason. Are. It really seemed like all of these contestants were low-key racist, especially Bobby Ray. Hey, congratulations, Bobby Ray, for your $200,000 win. <laughs> we're all proud of you. <laughs> we're so proud of Bobby Ray for bumbling his way through this game like a total rube and somehow ending up the winner. So uh, I have to quickly go into the, the game format here because what is Paradise okay, Hotel? Yeah, I got, I got way ahead of us. We did. But don't don't worry. If this is con- if you're getting confused, listeners, don't worry. So was everybody else who appeared on the show, the contestants, the viewers. It's a very yeah, confusing game. I was just game as show. confused watching it, and the contestants were even more confused. They, I don't think they knew what was happening. This at was all. a this is a show where they had like a single format, but I think because it got it has a success internationally. On a different network, on a different uh, country, and they've been doing it every year. They decide, well, we gotta just keep doing what they're doing and just have like eighty different twists going on at once. So, in in first episode, it basically is if you don't hook up, you're eliminated in the checkout ceremony. That that it's simple, simple stuff. In the game- way it, the way it worked is that um, there was it's you, they started off with one more woman than the men, and all the women got to choose who to partner with. At first, so one woman, Mary Elena, was left single. So then the pressure is on this one woman throughout the first episode to try to convince one of the guys to ditch their roommate and take her instead. So there's just one woman who's at an extreme disadvantage because everybody else starts out safe, basically. And it's just up to Maria Elena to convince any of the guys to dump their assigned girlfriend. And uh, she did it because she managed to usurp Deion Sanders' daughter. <laughs> so then uh, you assume at next episode, okay, well, we do the same process, but with a guy. Yeah, that's what I would would have assumed. But no, then Kristen Cavallari shows up and goes, here's three people now. Yeah. 
and we're going to do the process again, but now with more guys. So you assume it's the same, but no, no, no. <laughs> in this case, no, sir. three people check in, but three people must check out. <laughs> <laughs> and you're left confused. Like, wait, I thought it was like a one. Nope. It's a triple elimination on this episode two. Yeah, going into it, I thought it was going to be a week by week elimination, like Survivor. Like a couple gets eliminated, then another couple gets eliminated. Eventually, there's one couple left and they win. But no, because they keep replacing the people that get eliminated with even more people. The but, number of people keeps growing somehow. And then there is competition, similar, I would say, to, I was going to say similar in vain to uh, The Bachelor, but it's not really. And I would say it's almost to a degree of Big Brother in a way. Where there is one where it basically is like a power of veto ceremony where you can keep your couple and they can't like break up the relationship and you're free for the you're safe for the entire week. You're safe till check in. I forgot how they called it, but all they had to do was it's a every couple has a giant fucking lollipop, like a giant big ass lollipop, like a little popsicle and they have to melt it with their bodies. Oh, yeah. Oh my god, I forgot about that shit. That was so weird. And there's not like there's not that many challenges on the show, but sure. Yeah. And that was the first time I remember there being some kind of game. The rest of the show it was just like, you're the new candidate, you get to pick two guys to date today or whatever. That was the first time there was any kind of game and everybody was getting pissed at each other. It was for the suite. If you win, you get the suite of the Paradise Hotel. With you a couple the, of your the best choice. room, and it was so bad. It is. I, I look. It was where you started to really see some of these fake relationships fall apart. Like especially Bobby Ray and Tatum. They're doing this really weird thing where they all pretend like they're real couples, and they keep talking about how they have these serious connections. And everyone in their talking heads is going like, "Yeah, I think we have the strongest connection in the hotel. Yeah, we have a really strong connection." And they're all just so full of shit. None of them and that have... was like we started to really see it fall apart. Like so started to tell that some of these couples did not like each other. This was except not... for the one extremely wholesome one. This is not a so. game of of couples and finding love. This is a game about alliances. This becomes like another big brother type game where oh you're voting people now. Now you have to play for survival. And it just about love then poor sweet David and Kendall deserved to win. They were so wholesome. They stayed together the whole time. They seemed like they liked each other, although I got the impression that Kendall was kind of playing him a little bit. But David definitely was serious. He, he believed it. He believed he was falling in love, I think. And it just... It doesn't work as a show. It just it like if, if the if they're like the supposed to be like the heroes, guys. They're the wholesome people. The wholesome people who who we can say actually formed a relationship. If they can get eliminated yeah. just for still having a relationship, what does that say about the show? If if it's supposed to be about finding love and then the best couple wins, well, you well, found yeah, love, but the cu- best couple did not win. <laughs> Because in this last episode, I guess because it got cut short, they needed to hustle it up and introduce a bunch of new wrinkles to, like, get rid of a bunch of couples so that it's down to just one or two. So they would have these weird games that all the old contestants come back and vote. But before that, when there were, like, four or five couples remaining, the couple, each of the couples got to vote on which couple got kicked out. And they all voted for David and Kendall. 
because they knew that they had the strongest bond or whatever, and that's why they voted for them. So this then, is no surprise to anybody. Uh, uh, but but what was really <laughs> funny about it that made me suspect that maybe Kendall wasn't quite as serious about it as David was is like when they got el- eliminated, Kendall immediately starts crying and crying, and you know, and it's and David's trying to reassure her, and he's like, you know, we still have each other, baby, like. I don't even care about the money. I'm just glad we found each other. But Kendall is just crying. <laughs> they're, like, they're like leaving, like they're like leaving in the car together. And David seems like he's still kind of happy. He's like, look, I came here to find love and I found love. I don't even care about the money because I found something even greater. And Kendall is not even really responding. She's just crying. And if you, and if they've seen <laughs> any of the other two episodes, they would know the final episodes for money. So. Yeah, yeah. So Kendall was just doing the smart thing and uh, kind of leading David on, leading him to believe they were a real couple, so he wouldn't go fucking around and trying to to screw her over, so that they could hopefully win at the end. But there's no sense in employing any kind of strategy on the show because the elimination rituals are completely random and they just make them up on the spot. The checkout ceremonies. Checkout ceremony. <laughs> And then the most, the most bizarre, the most surreal thing that happened during the finale was right when Kendall and David found out they're getting eliminated. All of a sudden, Jair started acting weird. He was like squirming around and everyone's like, what? What's going on with Jair? He's like, I'm sorry to interrupt. I just really have to pee right now. <laughs> this is and everybody to have on television. We have to. This was such a bizarre moment everyone was freaking out because you know kendall was crying because she just got eliminated and like uh, almost all of the other women started crying some of them were laughing but some of them were crying too and they're getting so mad at jair and like jair just kept saying like i'm sorry i'm not trying they're like this is their moment stop spoiling kendall and david's moment and he's like i'm sorry i know i'm not trying to interrupt i just really have to pee and david's like just go man just go. You don't have to. Just go. You can this, go pee if you want to. Go to the bathroom. This, and like half the people are crying at this point. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? What has happened to these people's brains over the course of like six weeks that they've all gone this insane? So what happened? <laughs> I think it, it really is just they have to create conflict and they just can't figure out what to do to edit to form some sort of disagreement over someone else. <laughs> so all you have to see is just, well, I lost. I feel sad. I have to get kicked out of this hotel and this game show for... for. Yeah. It also should be stated in case it wasn't obvious that all of these people are sloshed out of their minds like for 99%. Oh, no, shows. they are. They, get, they start out with champagne. And then there's more champagne. <laughs> then there's more. Yeah, they're they're drinking all day long. They start drinking at breakfast. They 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 fill these people up with alcohol to make sure they get emotional as possible. <laughs> so like conflicts really get out of control, and everyone starts telling on each other and yelling at each other. And you can't even tell what's going on or why anyone is mad at who. It's a madhouse. <laughs> They're just, uh... That's what the show should be called. It's not Paradise at all. This is nothing like what my vision of Paradise looks like. It's, uh... It's... It's a weird relationship game show. But let me tell you the weird part here is, even though 
I, I we're not going to go international formats and talk about every for, format version out there uh, okay, and how they do God. it. <laughs> but I'm going to let you know. Ready? Sweden has had this show since 2005. Uh huh. 2005, and it's still going on to this day. Season 12, 2019. Wow. <laughs> Slovenia and Russia, their show ended in 2013. Uh, uh-huh. Norway, Norway is having is not only just had their season eleven, they have a season twelve on the way in twenty twenty. It's one of the longer. Oh. Uh, and then the one I have to bring up is Denmark. Denmark is the one that I think, if it wasn't for that still being on the air, a possible reboot would not have existed because that is the longest running Paradise Hotel uh, country. Started in two thousand five. And they just finished season 15, and it's still on the air right now. There must just be something appealing about it to cold climates. Like, they just like seeing people in, like, a tropical locale. Because all of those countries are really cold places. (laughs) There must be something about living in a cold-ass country that you just like people to watch people uh, arguing and fucking in some warm tropical location. It's like escapism. That's it. I think that's it's just that it's it's the escapism of oh, it's cold over here, but oh, it's so warm, and there are also fuzzy feelings in the heart. Because that's the only thing that's presumably actually good about being in this place is that it's in a nice uh, location, and you get to stay there for free, and they give you a bunch of free booze and stuff. Free food. They get free food. You get free booze. It's the opposite of Survivor. You're you're yeah. on the tropical <laughs> island, but you know you actually. In return for that, uh, uh, that all that free stuff, they just assault you with constant psychological stress and prey on all of your neuroses to make you fucking lose your mind. One it's of a... you gets a bunch of money at the end. <laughs> it, it's it's just a uh, hideous, hit hideous show, and I'm and I mean I'm not in a okay way. Like this is and... one. If if you went through every episode. <laughs> did yeah i didn't i almost started watching it by accident because i saw the ad and like we talked about before it was just so anachronistic that it was i just had this morbid curiosity i was like why does this exist in 2019 and when you explained that it was you know invented by two british people in 2003 who pitched it that makes sense because that was the height of these kinds of shows so these two guys were probably coked up came up with some vague outline where it's like, yeah, they're in a hotel. They have to fuck each other. If they don't, if someone doesn't have someone to fuck, they get kicked out. Some American executive is like, we love it. We'll do it. You know, (laughs) I think it makes sense during the reality show craze of the early zeros. But seeing this in 2019 was so bizarre to me that I was almost hypnotized into watching it. (laughs) And once I started once I started watching it, I was like, well, I got to see what happens to these stupid people. I hate every one of them, and I want them all to lose. <laughs> you just need to see it. So when you, I think, actually gave me the news that the show had been canceled and cut short, I was so relieved. I was so happy that it was going to be over, and I was just going to be free. <laughs> it's like a weight off of my soul, knowing that there isn't more Paradise Hotel coming. It, 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 it's exactly like Swamp Thing on DC television. <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of like it's sort of like Swamp Thing. It's the show you're looking forward to, and they're just cutting it short. Yeah, yeah, kind of like the opposite of that. But you know, like Swamp Thing, uh, Paradise Hotel ventures into the dark heart of 
humanity and attempts to find romance in the most upsetting of places. The only difference is instead of in a swamp, it's in like a, you know, a lagoon or, or something, some nice place. It's a tropical lagoon. Tropical lagoon, that's what I'm trying to say, yeah. So the... Uh... I don't actually know where they are. I don't remember if they ever said the actual location of the Paradise Hotel. I think I've got to double check right there because that's the one place I was trying to figure out. Like, what is the name of the actual, like, hotel location that they were filming? I think it was Mex... I think it's... Okay, it's Rancho de Costa in Baja Sur, Mexico. Okay, that makes sense. That's, like, relatively close to L.A. They could just drive over there and... Can get a pretty cheap little villa there or rent one, probably, (laughs) for a reality show. Because it's not a hotel, it's just like a little, it's like a house. It's a house with five bedrooms. It's filmed at Rancho de Costa in Baja Sur, Mexico. According to the rest, there's a resort website. The beachfront estate is located near La Paz, Mexico. Okay. has two luxury villas on location with a combined 17,800 square feet of space indoors. They just rented out this uh, resort for the purposes of the show. That makes sense. But they didn't even, like, advertise. It's not like, guests of Paradise Hotel stay at the Wolfly. Well, yeah, of course, because they don't want to. They don't want it to appear cheap. They want to give the idea that, like, I don't know, whoever just owns this beautiful uh, <laughs> resort, you know. That's uh, <laughs> there. There, I, I, we, I mean, there is a part where we have to. Let me go through actually some of the questions we we've already established here because I have a giant checklist. What happens right. each round? Weird shit happens. Uh, what is the format? Hey. I fucking don't know. It's a hotel and people check in and out. It's a tropical location. What did they win? Quarter million dollars, maybe love, but most likely just money if they're the best. Uh, there is no adaptation. Not the best, though. Completely not merit-based at all. Uh, so, so, okay, what is the show? The presentation. Uh, how does it look? It l- looks good. The, you know. Have that, you ever seen Hell's Kitchen? Be- it's Hell's Kitchen. Okay. I mean, I'm, I mean, in a joking way, it's it's Hell's Kitchen. A. e. Smith and Company also do the show Hell's Kitchen. Uh-huh. And if okay. you ever see the confessionals in the camera shots on that show, you know, the, like the weird security camera on the top of the ceiling, and they're running from one room to hey, the other. Right. Or the oh yeah, that's or the confessionals. Yeah, that's another that's another creepy thing to me is that they have the the security cameras in each of their bedrooms. So they're recording them when they have sex and stuff. Although I got the impression that not nearly as much sex happened as the producers wanted. There was a lot of footage of the couples like lying in bed at night, facing away from each other. Cause you know, they have like the night vision cameras, <laughs> but um, if but anything, then they the closest that-, that happened was two people, like three people in a hot tub next to each other. Yeah. Well, there was one really weird part where it, I think in this, just the second to last episode, it, it came out that Bobby Ray and Tatum, this supposedly, you know, this couple with this strong connection had not had sex and they like blurted that out. And there's this awkward, like a little conversation between them and some of the other guests. And they're like, should we do it right now? And they're like, yeah. Bobby's like, come on. Yeah, let's go. And so they just decide in the middle of the day to go into their room and have sex. And now remember, <laughs> then he smashed the ball and said, fuck you. I have my money. Yeah. Bye. 
<laughs> but it's not even clear to me uh, whether or not they actually had sex. They could have gone in there and just pretended. I, I don't even know. They just sat there and they, <laughs> you just like kept pushing the bed, so you kept hearing. Urker, urker, urker. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Bobby Ray seemed to have so little confidence, especially compared to the other male candidates. You know, they were all like all the other guys on the show were like trying to be smooth, trying to play it cool. Bobby just seemed so insecure. He was always complaining. You know, Tatum is off like kissing other guys, but she's like, no, it's part of the strategy. I have to make out with this guy so that he thinks I like him because we're actually together. And then the whole time you find out Tatum and Bobby Ray aren't even really hooking up. And so he just seems like this total rube. But then he has this moment of redemption at the very end when he smashes that golden ball and everybody cheers for him while Tatum walks off crying. Also, their big design for Paradise Hotel is the butterfly. I, see. I don't get the butterfly thing. I don't get it. I, I guess there are there are lots of butterflies down in that part of Mexico, I think. I think that was it. Just like, because there's no butterfly effect in any of this. It's not like one action you do in like <laughs> no. day two has an effect on day seven. Yeah. <laughs> Everything occurs in a vacuum. Nothing affects anything. Uh, but And the music, I mean, I would say the soundtrack is pretty good. It, it gives this nice tropical. Yes. Uh, there is, and then there's a bit of dance. There's a bit of dance there with the Baza song. The so, sometimes they get a little emotional with the music. You know, <laughs> they'll play they'll play some sad songs as like a couple is leaving, and you think about like, oh, oh, it's almost like they were a real couple. <laughs> I feel bad for them now. I feel bad, but you know what? It's all good uh, because you know they they got paid. Every one of them got paid a stipend for appearing on the show. Yes, that's true. Yeah, I imagine that they all must have gotten something. Um, and now we got to go into uh, the big debate here. How is the host and hosting? We got to talk about Kristen. You, we, we keep bringing her up as if she's this hey, maniacal. Kristen has this very confrontational style of hosting that I sort of liked. Yeah, out ceremonies, she would ask all the each of the guests like a very uncomfortable question, like, how are you feeling about, this is an awkward moment for you because blah, blah could send you home. And like, you must be feeling conflicted right now. And they would give like an answer. They'd be like, they'd be like, yeah, this feels pretty, pretty weird. And she's like, yeah, how do you, how do you feel? Like, she's like really interrogating their feelings. <laughs> and these people aren't very good at expressing themselves. And now keep in mind, everyone's uh, also hung over. Now imagine that like after yeah. an elimination ceremony, everyone's still hung over from a night of drinking. How's it going, uh, everybody? Yeah, she'll she'll ra she'll randomly appear. At, at, they never know when Kristen is going to show up. She'll and just show up like, and in drop midway some through bomb the episode, she shows up too, and it's like, yeah. "Hi, I just want to let you know that this is a double elimination week, and also yeah. there's an immunity pass." In yeah. I'm showing up just to let you know that three of you are going home right. And the other three, three of you are going to choose which other three of you are leaving right now. And they're like, what? We're just hanging out. We're drunk. We don't know what's going on. So in this, and now we're going to have a big, uh, we're now we're going to have a new challenge here. Everyone's going to swap keys and you have to be in the same room with the person you're with. It's all these weird twists that make no sense and no real like... They're trying to add twists to the game. And now here's some new person, and they're immune, and also they'll have the only say in voting this week, so you have to impress oh, them. Oh, yeah. 
The, there was that one new guy that got in the set that got voted off and not voted off, eliminated, whatever. Checked in the out. They checked out. Episode. You got to get the got vernacular. <laughs> and pull, pulled a little switch on everyone and said, hey, this new guy that none of you really know that immediately is checking out, he gets to pick one couple to randomly leave. And that was the big cliffhanger from the second to last episode. And we opened up on that at the beginning of the finale. So that was really weird. Because that guy, I remember that guy's name. He was there for like a minute, and they just randomly decided, guess what? This guy that you didn't pick, he gets to pick two of you to go home. <laughs> it's so it's very it's, it's, good. It's just designed to keep them constantly stressed out. And we haven't even talked about the weird British voiceover guy. <laughs> oh God. I was trying to find out the announcer for that. Now in the original first two versions, Mark Thompson, a former KTLA, uh, K, uh, KTTV Fox 11 weatherman, was the announcer. Uh, famous critics include most Fox uh, draw, like specials like uh, Welcome to Greed. But you might have seen <laughs> him on camera on the great, hilarious, laugh-out-loud game show Hole in the Wall. Remember Hole okay. in the Wall? I do not. Have you heard of those human Tetris YouTube videos? <laughs> Where it's someone in like a spandex suit and then they have to go through like a... I remember. Yeah, I remember the show. That was a Japanese import, wasn't it? I feel like I've seen videos of that from Japan. Now imagine they saw the the views on that and they went, we should totally make a spinoff of that, get Brooke Burns as host, and get Mark Thompson to be the announcer and make it super serious. Yeah, yeah, I remember. It looked really hard. It's it's so awful. Okay, so Paradise Hotel announcer. We've got to check out who the hell this guy is because... I don't know who he is, but, like, everything he said would either be confusing or, like, sarcastic, kind of making fun of how dumb the candidates are. (laughs) Like, I remember on last night's finale, there was a point where one of those girls, one of those brunette girls that he came and tell apart, uh, (laughs) it was either Jamie or, or somebody else, I don't know, was saying, like, like, three or four couples left, and she was like, okay, so now, basically, all of us, Every one of us has like a 70-30 chance. And then the British announcer comes on and it's like, yes, Jamie is right. Everybody has a something chance of winning. (laughs) He's just shitting shitting on her. Much like Christian, he just pops in out of nowhere. And it's just like, what? You never know when you're going to hear him say stuff. It's weird that they need an announcer and uh, a host or what they'd call a presenter in the UK, you know? Like it seems like they, they like they can't just have one person announcing and hosting. I don't know. I don't really watch a lot of reality shows. Okay, so, so usually uh, in Britain they would have an announcer, like a narrator guy, explain the stuff, and then they would have a presenter. Uh, for instance, yeah. in Big Brother, uh, the presenter would be on the live shows, but only the live shows. And the narrator would only be detailing what happened that day. Like in Big Brother, it'd be like day twelve. Mark and Tony are in the kitchen. And then they're just talking. Like, that's it. Now, imagine yeah. that, trying to do that, but in America, where it's like, here's your three people over in, like, a bar table enjoying a margarita. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're sipping on something refreshing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The announcer on the show, he'll always be making little, like, attempts at sexual double entendres and stuff. There was one really weird one where, like, one couple was having sex, and they just showed a really close-up 
night vision shot of like their feet sticking out of the blanket and the announcer is like when you see toes that can only mean one thing oh. and i'm just like what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> i think that should just be taken out of context everyone like, just go on twitter and just tweet out when you see toes that can mean like, only one thing i get that they're having sex but the fact that i can see their toes doesn't that's not the reason <laughs> that's not the necessarily the context that tells me that they're having sex it is normally it'd be like an like a o face or an orgasm or butt or something yeah Pr- presumably there's a, a contract with the contestants that they won't air any of the footage of them having sex but they absolutely are filming it <laughs> Maybe the, the the British narrator guy is one of those British creators, and they're just back, and they're just getting horny as they're recording it. It it could be. Careful, you're eating chips and salsa. Careful about double dipping. Chips and salsa, things might get spicy. Oh, and here comes Christian with another twist. <laughs> Hi, how's your dinner? Anyway, I just wanted to let you guys know that for the next day, you will have to switch partners with someone of your choosing. That means the boys will have to choose for the girls. The girls will choose for the guys. Yeah, yeah the, the the guys, I feel like, were consistently given way more power in the show than the girls. Because when they first brought in new guys, the guys got to pick a guy and America got to pick a guy. And then the following episode, when they first brought in new women, the guys, Kristen's like, this time, the guys are going to decide. <laughs> so the guys got to decide which guy to bring in, but they also got to decide which woman they liked the most to bring in. It's, and also at the start, there were more women than men. So one of the women was at a disadvantage. It was. It seemed to sort of heavily lean towards making the guys have a bad time. I mean, the girls have a bad time. And at no point do you really learn anything about the contestants. Like, not their real backstory. Why are they there? They're trying we to. We got like- a little bit of Brittany's story. What we learned about Brittany is that she recently lost a lot of weight. And <laughs> I remember her saying that in the very first episode. And uh, she was very excited to, like, show off her new body or something. And she was the other, along with Bobby Ray, these were the two most openly insecure people on the show. She was constantly complaining. So I feel like they deliberately featured that backstory basically to give you a little hint, like, hey, this girl, Brittany, she used to be fat. That's why she's like this. (laughs) (laughs) She, you know, and it's like, she's going, I don't know if I'm loved. Yeah, she she was taking it so serious, dude. And she kept complaining. She kept saying, call, referring to herself as the game piece. Like, I know that people are just playing with me. I'm just the game piece. Like in all of her talking heads, she's like, I'm just getting passed around. Like I'm the game piece, and I understand that. And it's just like, like she's getting really upset about the slow realization that this is in fact a game. And no, you're probably not going to find the love of your life here. It's really... <laughs> I, I felt bad for her. I felt really bad for Brittany because she was so dumb. <laughs> and I just like, 
just give her just give her some money and let her leave the show please that That's should have I been felt. the thing they should have had like that be like a temptation situation like it's like can you it's like can can you just let her leave because she's making me sad <laughs> just give her some money and let her go home and i don't even think it, i don't think that many people find love on a lot of these shows it's kind of depressing no no and I mean, with shows like The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, where there's like a more clear format and it's centered around one person, it's at least more conceivable, I guess, that someone could actually end up being in a couple. You know, I don't really watch those shows that much. But here, where there's no structure at all, and they're like, const- the producers are constantly trying to push them to like cheat on each other and screw each other over. And it's like a big sexual musical chairs situation it does the the idea that any of these people think they're going to end up finding love is is ludicrous it's it's a ridiculous it's it's a very confusing show and as as we've we try to explain that uh christian is basically one who just really loved to twist the knife on these contestants yeah well Uh, i mean that's her job you know it's the producers amanda who was in the earlier ones which you haven't seen was similar, but she was British, and she was trying to try to mm. amp up the uh, the the sauciness. They're trying to be like, "Oh, how's it going, guest mates?" In this one, you're all gonna check in, but only two of you will check out, and just like try and and ask them double entendre questions. Versus mm. Christian, it's just, just kind of like to, trying to make it sexy, make it fun. Yeah, she made it sexy. Which is what fun. you would, which is what you would expect, like. From from the ads and the branding and the name, everything about it suggests like this is a sexy, fun show. I, These I, sexy singles are in a hotel and they're gonna have a fun, sexy time. Yeah, I mean, but in reality, the sexy. She made it sound reality, like a sexy show. Reality, it was like hi, like high pressure, big stakes. The host, like Kristen, is during the ceremony. She's super serious. She's like interrogating them about their feelings. You know, it's like, this isn't fun and sexy. This is stressful. It's, uh, <laughs> and Kristen just makes it like a reality show. And I think yeah. that's okay, but it just, t- I'm not, no disrespect to Christian, but it comes across as just another like Laguna Beach or the Hills kind of. It seems like these are all pawns in a game, not really a storytelling game show. Oh, absolutely. It's absolutely some creepy puppet master shit. There would be there would be times where Kristen would be talking to us live uh, and telling us stuff that the contestants don't know yet. Like they teased in advance that uh, that one guy's ex-girlfriend was going to come on the show and Kristen was like interviewing her and stuff. So it so it makes you it almost makes you a co-conspirator in this fucked up social experiment because Kristen's like letting you in on them. And it's like, look at these little. These little rats in this cage, they have no idea what's coming for them next, you know? It's it's so... Uh, I'm trying to come up with like, the right word right now, but it, 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 it comes across as mean-spirited at least. But Very it's, mean-spirited. But, and it's not necessarily a dating show as much as they're trying to amplify the sex, sex, sex. Um, normally I would like try to come up with a narrative like is it man versus man, man versus self but it seems like everyone is just in this game I originally assume it's a couple versus couples show but it really is just an individual game show catered around coupling with somebody in a house that's supposed to be a hotel to win money it's pure entropy man it's lord of the flies it's like 
you put these people in this situation. Uh, you sort of dangle these like carrots in front of them, the promise of of some sort of prize. Uh, throw in endless complications, and chaos ensues. You watch how like a small ad hoc community breaks down, and they all start to hate each other. But then somehow at the end, they have this moment of triumph where they're all cheering on Bobby Ray. They're all so happy that someone... It's almost like my theory for why they're all cheering is that like it's like they all just survived a mutual trauma together, you know? <laughs> so it's like on the surface, they're happy for Bobby Ray that he won. But in reality, it's just like him, him smashing that golden ball was like a symbolic act of ending uh uh the the like this third uh status that they were all trapped in he was he was symbolically freeing them from the chains of paradise hotel and they were just all so happy for it to be over except of course tatum who was the one that got completely fucked over now we got to go to the you got to play producer here should the show continue should it not what changes would you make it absolutely should not continue. Uh, it should be wiped from the record. It should not be watched by anybody. <laughs> this kind of thing. I mean, this kind of show, even just from like a producer's perspective, if I'm just talking about trying to make network, uh, make money for the network, like this shit was played out over 10 years ago. This is old news. Now there are Maybe like they still like that one. shit. There's... Maybe they still like that stuff in Denmark, but here in the U.S., it just doesn't play anymore. But from my personal moral standpoint, this show is just a malicious thing that simply shouldn't exist. So here's how I would do <laughs> Paradise Hotel, and I think if, if okay, if, you're gonna re, you're gonna retool it. I'm retooling it. Are you ready? I'll give you I'll give you a shot. Here is how I would do Paradise Hotel. It's a, it's a new it's a new format for a new age. Uh, essentially, we're going Twitch. We're going live stream. It's a live stream show, and okay. basically every Friday is the checkout ceremony. And what happens is we see seven people, uh, and it, and it's a mix of everybody. Basically, it's everybody. It, it could be it's boys, girls. It could be men, female. It could be and the twist is. We're going to try and get more people who are bi, pan, asexual, uh, gender oh, yeah. flu, like, like all those kind of situations, because we're in the modern yeah, we era of dating. So now we didn't really discuss a, the oppressive, the oppressive heterosexuality of the show, but that's sort of implied with the concept, I guess. So now on Friday is the checkout ceremony with the essentially thing is everyone gets one vote of who to pick. If they do not match with that person, they are eliminated from the game. That's it. No, like we're a couple, and that's it. It's it's I if I if I pick Lisa and Lisa picks me, then me and Lisa are still in the game. If I pick Lisa and Lisa picks somebody else, me and Lisa are both out, and it just keeps going like that for four weeks. On the finale episode, uh, it basically comes down to. Any couples that are left standing uh, get to basically play that little in-game with the smash the ball game. <laughs> uh -huh. But instead of it just step forward, smash the ball, whatever, it just becomes a can you count up to $100,000 by $1 each, but as at a rapid rate. It's so the one they're stepping like $1 at a time. 
Yeah, well, in the, they're no, they're like holding hands. It's basically you're holding hands, uh-huh. but there's right outside of of your reach is a button. So to win okay. the to win the money, you have to lick all of them or just grab them and then hit the button. Grab <laughs> them. It basically is like a bong game situation. Like how much is enough? So you're gonna see like a thousand dollars, two thousand dollars, three thousand dollars, four thousand dollars, five thousand dollars, six thousand dollars, seven thousand dollars, and they're just sitting there going, "Hurry up!" Eighty thousand, eighty-one. If they both go to a hundred thousand dollars, they both get a hundred thousand dollars with one okay. final twist. Because you have to do the final oh, twist. Okay. And it's your prisoner's dilemma, which is: Do you want to keep your hundred grand or steal your your partner's hundred grand? What? What difference does it make? Well, because if you both decide to keep your hundred grand, you both get your hundred grand. But if you steal and they decide to keep, you get your two hundred grand, and she gets nothing. Oh, so you could you could royally fuck their own. But but if they both decide to steal, then, then they you both get both nothing. You both get, <laughs> oh, get they... fuck over nothing. Fuck you. Wait, wait. No, 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 no. That doesn't make any sense. So okay, so they're they both maybe get a hundred thousand. If they both decide to not steal from their partner, they both get a hundred thousand. Correct. If one decides to steal and the other doesn't, the steal gets and the one person gets two hundred thousand. But if you both steal, nothing. you both get nothing. You both steal, you both get nothing. Okay, so there's clearly a heavy incentive not to steal. Yes, and not to mention this is supposed to be your love partner. So this is supposed to be the yeah, thing yeah. where we're supposed to have you both say split and take the money and go on a second. Here's, okay, so if I'm the studio exec and you're pitching this to me, I'm gonna pass because I'm even more confused by this concept than I am by the real Paradise Hotel. I still don't like it. I say, you know what? If they're trying to do this thing with these kind of shows where it's like this like air of sexuality and like basically uh, the appeal of the show is just supposed to be like the sexiness of it, even though it's ultimately not a very sexy show. Just put on some porn. Put some softcore porn on your TV network. You know, like, like why, why don't you just, why don't you just cut the bullshit? For some porn, because that's they're basically just trying to like create something. You know, <laughs> this like the Temptation Island style thing that's as close to porn as you're allowed to air on network television. You know. Well, there's one more thing left to do, Trev. All right. What's we have a lightning that? round. 60 seconds, five questions. Each okay, one. I'm mentally preparing. For each one you get right is one free plug. You get all five right, you get five free plugs. Okay, okay. But you only have 60 seconds. 60 okay, okay, I'm ready. You ready? Let's put 60 seconds on the clock. On the clock. Favorite part of a hotel? Uh, the bed. Favorite dating app? A, a Tinder, I guess. What is your favorite season of the year? Uh, oh, fuck. Uh, uh, autumn. What's your favorite hamburger chain? Uh, BurgerFi. Favorite DC television series? I'd be Doom Patrol. Oh, no. Yeah, I'll just say Doom Patrol. I already started saying you, it. You, you did Patrol. it. You got five. <laughs> We're locking in. Did Doom I get them? Did I get it. them all right? Is Doom Patrol. I'm locking it in. You got all five. Got them all right? You got them all right. Awesome, dude. Oh, yes. All right. So I have to think of five things to plug now? Yes. Okay. Plug number one. Uh, 
check out my my podcast uh, called Here's the Beef. It's a podcast where I start shit with people for no reason. Um, <laughs> Do not watch the first episode. It's not good. <laughs> they uh... Yeah, don't listen to the first one. Uh, just skip right to the second one, which there are only two. So just listen to the second one. Maybe there will be more in the future. Maybe not. You should soon be able to find it on all of your you know places you find podcasts like itunes and stitcher and all that currently it's just at soundcloud.com slash here's the beef so that's one plug damn it this is hard uh or at trev underscore drink water that's t-r-e-v underscore like how you spell the words drink water um, plug number three check out my friend's band Friend makes music. It's called Fear Gorta. Uh, just just type the word, search the words Fear Gorta. You can find it on streaming services. You can find them on Bandcamp, SoundCloud, whatever. Musician, you should check them out. Um, my other friend, who's also a musician, who goes by Orphilius. You can find all of his albums on SoundCloud or Bandcamp. That's O-R-P-H-I-L-L-I-U-S, Orphilius. And number five, I'm just going to circle back and plug the podcast again. Check out Here's the Beef, starring me, Trevor Drinkwater, and my my loyal co-host, Troy Brooks. Uh, I'm plugging that twice. I mean, you could. You could am play. I, am, I, am, I, am I allowed to do that? Yeah, am I allowed of course to use you two are. plugs for one thing? I'm surprised right. you didn't plug DC Television Service. And because of that, that means the streaming service is dead. And that means no more of your it's favorite dead. television shows. That too. <laughs> check, check it out. It's pretty good. <laughs> Trev, thanks again for stopping by and being a great friend. <laughs> thanks so much for having me here. It's great to finally squash the beef with you. You know, I know things were tense with us for a little while there. Uh, but I'm glad we could come together and that we could form this strong connection and win $250,000. We're doing the solidarity meme. You know, the, the arms, they were doing that right now. Uh, yeah. also, also, we're not squashing these. We're squashing giant inflatable paper mache golden yeah. balls. It's great to squash this big round golden beef with you. <laughs> Thanks again, Trevor, for stopping by. I'm glad we can quench this beef. Uh, now we can just go enjoy a nice hamburger and have a good time. Uh, Paradise Hotel, what else is there to really say about the series? Uh, but last week, uh, news broke that they're kind of ending the show again. Yeah. It was one week... Uh, one five-week season and out for Fox's reboot of Paradise Hotel. We won't be bringing it back, says Rob Wade, president of Alternative Entertainment. Uh, they told Deadline on TC on Wednesday. We were very proud of Paradise Hotel, but ultimately it was designed to air over many, many hours, and we started it relatively short three times a week. We felt it didn't quite perform at the level we wanted it to perform, and if we were going to get the opportunity to try a new show... We'd have to have the space, but we are very, very happy with the show. It was a great show and highly entertaining, and the production company did a great job. Uh, well, okay, if you say so. Maybe just put it on, like, USA Network or something. Uh, Wade does not blame the crowded market space for Paradise Hotels, 
modest ratings performance because uh, you know temptation island is revived on you oh that's right temptation island on usa network as well as love island on cbs and don't forget bachelor in paradise on abc i didn't think that it was because of the competition in any way i think paradise hotel was performing on par with what love island was getting and temptation island was on a cable network so it was difficult to compare Paris Hotel's demise also won't dissuade Wade from pursuing reboots in the future, with one caveat. It won't affect me bringing shows back, but I think when you do bring a show back, there needs to be more of an excitement for them to come back, he said. Paradise Hotel was only on the air for two seasons, so we didn't really have that. We didn't have the standing base like we did with Beverly Hills 90210. There is a real anticipation for that. I didn't think there was anticipation for Paradise Hotel. I thought there were core people who loved it, but not a broad enough audience. Okay, then. I mean, you do have flirty dancing on the way, so sure, I I guess. Uh, This is a very Fox episode now that I think about. Uh, So I... I don't know what this means. If you're thinking reboots, does this mean like they're going to try and do like the I want to marry Harry or or the Joe Millionaire route for dating shows in the future? Or are they going to do like my big fat obnoxious boss or my big fat obnoxious fiance? Or or, or are they going to try and do like a game show like Greed? I do not know. Um, But it looks like our paradise has come to an end here. And now it's time for the 110-part series exploring every pricing game on the prices right this is the pricing game spotlight. Bargain game, also known as Barker's Bargain Bar. Premiere date, April 22nd. 1980, number 3652D. Once again, it's Barker's Bargain Bar. Premiere date, Drew Carey era. Uh, well, finale date, Barker era. First, June 13th, 2007, is Barker's Bargain Bar. Premiere date, October 16th, 2007. Air Dive Order, uh, October 29th, 2007, is Barker's Bargain Bar. Finale date, November 4th, 2008, 4492K. Nope, 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 no, 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 game formerly barker's bargain bar is where a contestant has to choose between which of two prizes is the bigger bargain gameplay the bargain game is played with two prizes each one is a bargain price that is below the actual retail price the contestant wins both prizes if he or she selects the prize that is the bigger bargain the one with a price that is more below its actual retail price than the other prize when the game premiered in April 22, 1980, Bob Barker was the host for 28 years. The name was Barker's Bargain Bar. The name stayed when Drew Carey became host on several early times the game was played. Carey joked that the name was named after some supposedly legendary figure known as Ezekiel Barker before acknowledging Bob when it was played. 
On January 9th, 1996, a new, more solid, more legible Barker's Bargain Bar sign was introduced. November 16th, 2000, the game broke down and the panels had to be turned by hand. The game was immediately fixed when it aired November 20th, 2000. The game went under a three-year hiatus after November 4th, 2008, Aired of Order, eventually returned April 24th, 2012, Aired of Order, with a new set and retitled to be named as Bargain Game. It was also the first of three pricing games to use the former host's name in the game's name, with the other two being Trader Bob, which premiered one week later, and Barker's Markers, which premiered September 12, 1994. Renamed Make Your Mark for its single playing on the Doug Davidson version, and when Drew Carey took over. On March 5th, 2013, oh, it was Publishers Clearinghouse Week, who cares? Uh, it was in the first slot. Uh, September 22nd, 2014, uh, the first time ever Barker's game offered two cars, uh, but the game was lost when contestant picked the Mazda 2 Sport as the bigger bargain than the Nissan Versa S+. Uh, January 2nd was another Publisher's Clearinghouse. Okay, who cares? Uh, February 24th, 2017, Celebrity Week. Orange semicircles were added to this display podiums, but does not immediately become permanent. Uh, November 22nd, 2017, College Rivals. Okay. There's college rivals. Whatever. Uh, most number of times this game was played was 48. The pricing game was first to premiere in the 1980s. This is it. We're in the 80s, folks. And the show's official documentation called this game Bargain Game, even while Bob Barker was still hosting it. Uh, foreign versions, the game is played the same way in other versions. But in UK, it was called Bruce's Bargain Bar, and Bruce's prices, right? In Mexico and Spain, it was simply as La Ganja, or The Bargain. Now, the uh, the Barker's Bargain Bar set looked like just like a bunch of oranges. Have you ever seen the, like, the, uh, the Name That Tune set? It kind of reminds me of that. Just a little bit of lights here and there. A little bit of gold in the background. It's just two big circles. But the uh, modern bargain game, it looks like you're entering like a sort of Best Buy <laughs> situation. And I kind of like that set a lot more. Uh, it just sums up the game real quick. It's just a price tag that says bargain game. And there's two giant price tags next to two uh, stages with uh, the products. And as you know, this is an AB game. And I enjoy AB games a whole lot because they're fast uh, it's easy decisions, and then you can always just have the audience start cheering one, one, or two, two. Or, or in this case, maybe it's like luggage and computer. Who knows? But it, it's it, it it's an exciting game. It's one of those quick games. It's one of those, those reverse engineer games because you can't just think uh, logically like this is more than that because they're both less. It's... This one has to be a thousand more. This has to be like five hundred dollars more. Therefore, it should be that one, and that psychs a lot of people out. And I think that's kind of why I like this game a lot. This is a real uh, mind mind trick of a game, and it's one that I really love. Uh, <laughs> it, it it's 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 a classic game, bargain game. It's it's one of those you have to put in the rotation, and it's and it's one that I enjoy. I like it more than Barker's Bargain Bar. I think that's just, I mean, I get the alliteration part of it, but something about bargain games just makes more sense to it. And plus, it's more sleek, it's more cool, and I'm glad that they they didn't, like, just end the show. They just brought it back with a new coat of paint. Uh, it, it's one of those things where here's a game that failed, quote-unquote failed, because it ended, because Barker's Bargain Bar, and then returned after a few after a few years into one that's still in the rotation to this day. Uh, next time on the Pricing Game Spotlight, 
Trader Bob. Imagine being marooned on an island with a bunch of hotties. Want to meet some boys? Welcome to Love Island, where everyone is coupled from day one. Kendall. Jack. Laura. But don't worry if it doesn't work out. Hi, boys. There's an endless supply of sassy singles waiting for their chance at romance five nights a week. The international sensation Love Island premieres CBS Tuesday, July 9th. So we just talked about Paradise Hotel, and it's kind of weird to say this, but we just, this is the review of Love Island. Uh, its last episode was August 7th, uh, 2019, so it was last week, and uh, I, I finally finished watching the series, and I, to put it in a, in a, in a back of term, it's Paradise Hotel. I've already seen Paradise Hotel with, with Trevor, and seeing this, it's more of the same. Now, if you've never seen Paradise Hotel, or I guess in this case Love Island, here's how it works. A bunch of singles are on an island, a love island as it were, and uh, essentially it's Big Brother, uh, but with love. So I guess it's like Bachelor in Paradise, but without the famous contestants from the Bachelor series. Uh, so in this series, uh, there, you, you have to be a couple on day one. If you're not and you're single, uh, you are eliminated from the game. Then there are different twists. Like you can recouple when you recouple, you can stick with your partner or pick somebody else. If you're caught without a partner, you will be eliminated to make matters worse. Even if you are a partner, you want to stick with them. Uh, if you don't impress the audience, similar to a big brother, UK, uh, they can evict you from the island. The last uh, couple standing, when I guess it was four, four couples left, uh, wins uh, by public vote $100,000. So just remember, uh, bad, uh, Paradise Hotel was a quarter million dollars. This is a hundred grand, so a little less money. Uh, but unlike uh, Paradise Hotel, which has the paper mache ball game, it's prisoner's dilemma split or steal which yay i guess that's they did the thing i wanted to do sort of um and it kind of had an anticlimactic ending it was only like a last minute of the entire series uh and it was fine i wouldn't like say it was a must-see show uh, it didn't really captivate me as much as say, like, argue the one where there's a bit of a mystery to it of which one is the perfect match. Uh, so this show just kind of just felt like just filler television, uh, on CBS. Um, it felt like it was a pairing to big brother, which deals with showmances, but, uh, the show just didn't work out for me. Um, it had almost all of the same hiccups complete with here's the host that pops in and then just starts to twist the, the, the pot a bit. This is Ariel, uh, Ariel Vanderberg as the host, similar kind of, I want to twist the pot. Uh, she was, uh, one of the people from Greek on, on the, the, the free form or it was ABC family at the time. Uh, so, so she shows up and then she just kind of just 
you know, twist the knife. Oh, you can recouple or, hey, uh, in this challenge, you're playing for safety and, oh, the audience votes this week and you're off the... And there's even the uh, weird announcer guy who has a weird fetish for what's going on too. Like, they hit the same beats as Paradise Hotel to the point of, I did not know which show was what. And I just ended up just tuning myself out of Love Island. I know it's a big hit in the UK, but I think they just picked up the show simply because it was a hit in the UK. Uh, the Americanized version is just plays more into the, uh, you know, sexy lady, sexy dude, let's get it on away. But at the same time, it also doesn't really bring a gameplay perspective and it doesn't really make you want to incorporate the audience vote so why why is there an audience vote it's it's supposed to be like who's your favorite couple i guess but the 24-hour streams are kind of just non-existent and you don't really get get much of a get much 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 of a story with any of these people to root for one or the other they're all kind of the same generic guy it's just fine it's fine i guess like it's it's not as as bad as other cbs ventures uh, i think the show will definitely probably return for a season two but it's just not that exciting of a show for me to watch uh, my letter grade is a D. Uh, the same reason Paradise Hotel would be a D for me as well. Um, it's just not that interesting of a show for me. There are but better dating shows out there. And I don't really learn a lot about love. I don't really learn a lot about the characters that are trying to find love. And the $100,000 just seems like an add-on. So if you're trying to incorporate a love or money environment to it, it doesn't even do that well. So it's a bit of a disappointment. Uh, before we end tonight's episode, uh, I just, there's this article that also went up on deadline. Uh, speaking of Fox, Fox alternative chief on future of, so you think and dance mental samurai and spin the wheel. So, Hey, we're going to keep talking with Wade here. Uh, we're looking into it now. Fox alternative president Rob Wade told Deadline TCA, it's a show I'm proud of. Rob Lowe is great. We are considering what to do with it now. The fact that Fox Brass waited to make a renewal decision might have helped its chances. When the show launched, we looked at the rings and they were okay. Then over platform, uh, uh summer we came to see how shows performed all networks. Obviously the mental samurai reigns are pretty solid. It's something we have to reconsider. Mental samurai decision couldn't be isolated. It's obviously a lot of other shows. So you think of dance, spin the wheel, mental samurai, we we'll consider all of those as a group, hinting that not all will make the cut. I can't pick up everything. I need to leave some room to take some shots. Fox already canceled Paradise Hotel, which only had a five-week run this summer. Um, so I think I want to. I just want to end it with the Hey Fox. I know you're not asking me for advice here, but what would I do? Uh, okay, so so you think a dance is a big uh, hit dance show? I think you need to bring that show back, but not as a summer hit. I think you need to have that uh, to compete against World of Dance on NBC. I think that needs to be kept. Cat Dealey is a great host. 
Uh, fantastic dancing, fantastic choreography. I think you might need to update the format, though, and update it so it's modern dance. Because the, the last few seasons, it was just weird choreography, and it just felt like it was just running on, on empty. It didn't feel like anything exciting or new. Uh, Mental Samurai, I think if you retweak the format and make it like a book and show where there's no tournament style, uh, so it's just like how many can you get in a certain amount of time and the winner gets a set cash prize, that might end up being enough to, to keep it for a season two. Uh, for for uh, Mask Singer, uh, just keep that in the winter. Keep that as a like January, February. Uh, we're exhausted from the holidays show because it makes it kind of like a surprise who's who uh, guessing game. Alternatively, you can pair it up on the same slot as Dancing with the Stars. It's a great competitive show where if one is dancing, this is singing, and they both have the same level of celebrity involved with the show. So I think that should be a kept, but only as a defense against uh, Dancing with the Stars on ABC. Uh, finally, uh, this is the uh, we already mentioned Samurai. We did Mass Singer, Spin the Wheel. Uh, I I like it. I mean, if it's gone, it's gone. Uh, that'd be a disappointment. Um, considering the void the Wall had, uh, it was a great show to pick up where the Wall left off. Uh, but it's one of those, if it goes, it goes. If it doesn't, that's fine. I'm not going to be upset if it's gone. There's really no real way to tweak the show a bit. Uh, that It's fine if that's gone. If you want to pull a plug on that one, I think that's that's fine. I, I think if you're going to keep any of the uh, shows currently, they're going to keep MasterChef. They're probably going to keep Hell's Kitchen. 24 Hours in Hell, maybe. Uh... But as far as summer offerings, I believe they, if they should just keep Beat Shazam. If anything needs to be kept, it, it's Mass Singer and Beat Shazam. Um, other than that, feel free to axe them all. It'll, it'll be okay. Um, Fox only has two hours of content per day, except for Sundays. So it's really tough for them to come up with these choices. Some of these could have easily worked for CW shows or other networks. But for Fox, I think they should continue being this ahead-of-the-curve channel. And if they're going to go into a world of alternative entertainment, they need to be a little bit more uh, provocative. And I don't mean, like, bring back the chamber. I think, like, you need to just uh, make the standout shows. Mass Singer's a standout show. Uh, spin the wheel. Sword is just the wall, right? People just say it's a ripoff of the wall because they're baby brains. But it, until they give away like three million bucks on an episode, it's gonna just get buried. Um, I think this is a tough call. Uh, I know what just happens probably ending, which is sad because I did like that that parody of uh, uh of after shows with Fred. It was a scripted show. Um. But I enjoyed it. Uh, so it's going to be a tough call for Fox on what to pick up for the next summer series. It seems like with Fox, they're lucky to get two seasons out of a show. And it seems like they did Fifth Grader, and then it just disappeared. Boom, and it disappeared. 
I think that big game show is coming for Fox. And I think it's going to surprise us when we least expect it. And it's going to be one that everyone's going to joke like, why, what? And then when it gets picked up and it airs, everyone's going to joke about it. The rings are going to be huge. And I'm predicting it will be uh, the next deal or no deal or who wants to be a millionaire. And it's going to be some bizarre format. We won't know what it's about. And then surely enough going to just end up just taking the world by storm. Uh, I think it's going to be Fox's time next to find that format. Uh, I, I don't know what it is. I, I don't think it's going to, I think it's going to be an original concept. I don't think it's going to be a foreign format, but who knows? Um, but I don't think it's going to be in reality television. I think if Fox wants to go look for the next great thing, they need to look in into in-studio performances or a traveling uh, studio series. Something that they can go from one place to another every week. Uh, it'd be something like a... I was going to say treasure hunt in the UK, but but something like a... It's a, I mean, like a Fort Boyard, maybe, or some something a little more out of the box is what I'm thinking. They need to try their hands on. Uh, but I, I think it, it's a tough call. I, it could all get the axe, but I think they're going to keep Beach Shazam, and I think Mental Samurai is done for, which sucks because I like Beach Shazam. I mean, I mean, I liked a Mental Samurai. Never mind. Uh, maybe, maybe this is the cue to try their hands at Krypton Factor. Maybe this is the time for Krypton Factor. Because uh, they can already do puzzles. They can already do uh, the obstacle courses. Get A. Smith and company on board. That, that's it. I think you got a good good show going. Um, so that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, I was originally going to do another review of uh, Hypnotize Me on cw but i'm gonna save it for next week because uh essentially all you need to know is it sucks it, it's an f and it sucks and it sucks and it sucks a whole lot it sucks it's like the one of the worst game shows i've seen this year uh i could see why fox pulled the plug on it because uh, <laughs> it sucks uh, and I will probably explain more about that next week if we have time permitting on that episode. We already reviewed Love Island. That's a D. This is an F. That's all you need to know. Uh, that is me F. Do not even bother watching it. Love Island, not my not my cup of tea. It could be yours, D. Uh, <laughs> other than that, I, I hope you guys have a great uh, night. Uh please feel free to follow me on Twitter at Jordha, J-O-R-D-H-A. You can also catch up on earlier episodes at jordanhaas.com slash podcast. Uh, Or you can just follow it on Apple Podcasts or or Google Play. Uh, Hey, leave a comment on the the episode. Leave leave a five-star rating. Uh, So that way I feel like I did something right with my life. Uh, And until then, I hope you have a great night. Uh, until then, big smooch. Mwah! Late nights in the city causing hell. Burn this bitch into the ground, oh well. 
If all we got tonight, let's do this right Let's do this right Let's go to paradise This shit be like Friday night 